Hello everybody, and welcome to another Punters podcast. I'm Andrew Brown. The music you're hearing is William Clark's Gambling for My Bread, available free from mevio.com slash music. Check it out. I got my fingers crossed, baby. Well, then I'm hoping for the best. Got my fingers crossed, baby. Well, then I'm hoping for the best. Yes, I'm gambling on my future, my livelihood and all the rest. Yes, welcome back everybody, and day two is in the books. The Cheltenham Festival that we wait so long for is already halfway done, and what a second day it was, as the bookies' benefit continues. Masterminded, comprehensively beaten back into third place, behind the impressive Big Zeb. There's been speculation about the ground, but no significant excuses have been offered. The great week for Nicky Henderson continues, but the favourites disappoint in the RSA. And, sacrilege though it is to say, the Irish have lost the bumper on Paddy's day. And let's make no bones about it, it was an impressive performance in the first race from two leading amateur jockeys who just happened to be women. Unlike the version you'll hear on Channel 4, where, horror of horrors, two women can ride horses. But it was a lovely moment, and it was wonderful to see the the emotion of the Walsh family, and Katie in particular, really deserved her moment in the sun. And it got a little bit dusty in Edredon Towers as she choked up. Congratulations to her, and congratulations too to Nina Carberry for another excellent ride on a horse who was three-legged effectively running without a plate who put in a very good performance uh it's hard to judge the form in what's a very silly race but let's hope that all this nonsense about women jockeys stops they're just jockeys and they're bloody good ones and anyone who's got any doubt about that should watch the the novice chase from huntingdon which was earlier uh, later in the same afternoon in which viable one a race after Gina Andrews was very nearly thrown from the saddle, lost an iron, clung to the neck, got back on, stuck her iron back in, and shot past two more highly fancied horses for a comfortable win. They're just jockeys. They're good ones. Enough of the sexism. So let's move on to the second race, and the McCain Yard were bullish about the chances of the Peddler's Cross. I like him. I didn't think he'd be very good on on better ground he's a his form is generally on soft ground but he won very well he it was one of the best times of the day he won well he was ahead of the market leaders so you've got to like the form of the race and he's you know he looks like an excellent horse the yard is likable they're improving i noticed yesterday he's even before this mccain is ahead of howard johnson and ferdy murphy he can make a claim to be the the leading northern trainer, and with White Oak retiring, Peddler's Cross is probably their stable star now. He he had his cha- he ha- he had his chance and he took it. He looks like one to be keeping a very close eye on next year. Whether he stays over hurdles, looking at the world hurdle, or whether he goes chasing, perhaps. The Finian's Rainbow, my big big fancy for the week, had his chance, was well positioned, just wasn't good enough on the day. So that was a disappointment, but take nothing away from Peddler's Cross, who was was a worthy winner of what looks to be a very good race. Another race with, with plenty of good form was the next, the RSA, and the 
It was as disappointing for me as it was for Nicky Henderson, although for different reasons. I just lost money. Um, and Nakara Bow, I'm going to blame the jockey for this one again. That's two jockeys I've criticised. But Jan Faltercheck was as poor as, as Jack suggested he'd be. He had his horse swapping leads into every fence that, to begin with. He made a blunder at the third, and it probably cost him a place in the end. He finished a very close-up fourth, the likeable staying on performance. My other horse what, in the race was Burton Port, who was a, the most impressive of the Henderson horses, closing up and finished within a few lengths of the winner in second place. Another one who needed an extra half furlong, but is very much one to keep an eye on for next year, and if anything will be better over slightly further, which would be the Gold Cup trip, of course. So there are two horses to take from the race. Long Run, of course, had a was the high horse of the week. He got a reasonable ride, despite my worries about Sam Worley-Cohen. He jumped well enough. It seemed to be staying that caught him out, and he was fading when he finished third behind an impressive winner in Weapons Amnesty, who once again underlines the importance of festival form. It was a good, it was a good win, a good ride, and nice to see see another one coming from across across the Irish Sea who'll make the chasing a little bit more of a contest. Perhaps in years to come, he doesn't look like he's Gold Cup class to me quite, but he's an impressive horse and he likes Cheltenham, so you shouldn't knock it. The disappointment of the race was probably Punchestown, who apparently lost a shoe, but there were there were jumping errors and further question marks about his ability to stay. Let's hope he's better on another day, but perhaps more of a Ryanair horse than a Gold Cup horse. And the next race was the feature, the Champion Chase masterminded the odds on horse and it didn't perform as I said in the the introduction to this the excuses from Paul Nichols weren't very forthright he doesn't really seem to know what happened he said something about the ground perhaps masterminded simply couldn't get into it but he's got form on good ground and the most telling comment was well yeah at Newbury he had his old zest and today there was no zest I think that's true. He's just not a horse who's turned up in the sort of form he showed in that scintillating performance two years ago. He didn't even show up in the sort of form that got him a narrow victory last year. And you've got to be disappointed if you backed him. You've got to be disappointed if you wanted him to dominate for the next however many years. But he doesn't look like he's he's at his sparkling best. And... It is looking like a wide open race for next year with the likes of Kalahari King for Paddy de Plastra, Oakrick, all likely to improve for another year in the senior ranks, as well as some good horses coming out of this year's Arkle, Osana and Sizing Europe being the two who are likeliest to go down the champion chase route, I'd say. But we should take nothing whatsoever away from Big Zeb, who jumped well enough didn't lose the race in the paddock, and whose class ultimately showed, with Masterminded not running to form. The second best on form was somewhere between Big Zeb and Twist Magic. Twist Magic made jumping errors, and Big Zeb didn't. And he he was an impressive winner, and he's the one they've all got to beat 
in future years. 5-1 to one for next year's champion Chase immediately after the event. And that seems a reasonable enough price to me. There's nothing in the field that can be confident of beating him without an improvement. As to, to the quality of the race overall, I think it's going to be a very difficult one for the handicapper to, to get a handle on. I think ultimately you have to rate this through the winner. I can't see where else you'd rate it. And you say Big Z probably ran up to his career best and perhaps no better than that. So for me that would give you masterminded running a little over a stone below his his 2007 performance and that sounds about right to me. So let's move on. The Coral Cup... It went to a plot horse for a top stable, effectively. Spirit River did it very, very nicely. He's apparently going chasing next season, and he'll be popular. For me, despite what much better judges like Nicky Henderson and John Frankham are saying, he doesn't look like a chaser. I've seen him in the flesh, I still didn't think he looked like a chaser. He's going to be popular, but I want to see him put in a clean round before I even think about backing him as a as an RSA horse or as an Arkle horse um, I think you might yet be be hurdling again it was good to see James Devassi and Quantitative Easing pick up some more place money for us after the second in the first race and of the pair James Devassi is one who I'd be looking to see run well over fences assuming he goes chasing next season I like his chances Unhappy about the next race, the Fred Winter. I simply don't think it should be on the card. I think it's a dreadful race that encourages, la- if not larcenous, then certainly underhanded methods from from trainers. And there's no there's no way a handicapper can get a handle on the French, Irish, English form of juvenile hurdlers that he needs in order to give us a decent race. And once again, we've seen a very, very easy winner who was probably at least a stone underrated, particularly given that the second-placed horse, Notice de la Tour, was also clearly underrated. But take nothing away from Sanctuaire. He's a good horse. It's a shame he wasn't in there swinging for the triumph. But he'll be one to watch through the subsequent festivals, whether he goes to Aintree or Punchestown. So I think he'll be able to serve it up to... Horses coming out of the genuine race, the triumph, and I think he'll be one to keep an eye on for subsequent years. He's he's probably a chaser. Most of the the French nickel horses are. He looks tall and angular, and he has a chance to, to go chasing in in subsequent years, and pre- presumably will do well. Now. The other thing to take from this race, I think, is the form of the Irish horses, who were very, very poor, and who give us form that ties in with Carlito Brigante and Aliven, the two Irish horses who were strongly fancied for the triumph hurdle. And this, to me, suggests that perhaps the Irish challenge isn't as strong as we suspect. A race which the Irish are traditionally strong unlike the Triumph, is the bumper. And the last race on the card today went to two, went to a British horse, a British 1-2. Colin Tizard sent out the winner. 
Cucard, who was very impressive at 40 to 1, and Alfaroff came in second for Paul Nichols. The Irish will be devastated to have lost this on Paddy's day, but in truth, the winner was a very impressive horse. He's been quoted at 10 to 1 for the Supreme Novices. That's a fairer price than you would expect to see for a, a bumper winner. This one is, is only 4. He's got the speed to win over 1 mile 6 at Fontwell. He looks a genuine supreme horse. And I think, as I was discussing with Jack after the race, looks like a fair price to me. And I wouldn't necessarily put anyone off, which isn't something I normally say after this. I won't be backing him until he's jumped a hurdle. But an impressive enough horse. And it's nice to see the Tizards with a really high-end horse. I'll need to sit down and watch the replays in detail before I can say which horses I'll be following from this race, but at first blush, dare me for the Hobbs Yard, looks like a potentially smart horse over a little further. He ran ran very well and just didn't have the toe of some of these. He could be one for the Neptune, although he'll be seven next year, which makes him a reasonably aged novice hurdler. And the forgotten man, who was a hundred to one, looked an impressive specimen in the paddock and ran well enough somewhere in mid division. I believe he finished eighth or ninth. He's got point to point form over three miles, and he could be something quite special for the Keithleys. Maybe an Albert Bartlett or a Neptune horse next year when he'll just be a five-year-old. So he's another to keep an eye on. So. On as even, we we probably were edged by the bookies today, uh, today, but it was much, much better than Tuesday. We're on an upward swing. There's a few to fancy, so let's take a breather and look ahead at the day three card. Well, for goodness sake, folks, don't miss the first race, because this is one where I think I've got to handle something. I won't be saying a lot on day three, but the Jewson is an interesting race, and I am thrilled that King's Forest has made it in as the bottom weight. As those of you who follow my blog will know, he's a horse I've been talking about since some impressive bumper form a couple of seasons ago. He's one I've been following since, as I say, since 2008. So, finally, he's getting his chance. This is a handicap debut. He seems to have got his jumping sorted based on his, his running in the last. He's always been a chaser in waiting, and now he's jumping well enough. He's coming in off a lightweight. Jack Doyle's a great jockey. The Lavalliard have an excellent record with handicap debutants. He's got good form on good ground, and for me, he's an excellent bet at the prices that are available. One I'll be having a saver on is the Midnight Club. As I said in reviewing day two, you always have to remember the importance of form from the festival, and the Midnight Club was a good third behind uh, Weapons Amnesty in the Albert Bartlett last year. didn't necessarily stay the trip. Steps back slightly to 2 miles 5 here, and ha- is off a reasonable weight. Paul Townend rides. 
There's no reason to think he won't like the ground, although the majority of his form is on soft. He's, as I say, he's got excellent Cheltenham form and seems to me to be a very fair price. I'm. It's always difficult to judge and it's always difficult to pick holes in reputation horses, but I think that the favourites are relatively vulnerable in this. I'm not sure that the big yards have got this one as wrapped up as they want it, and King's Forest and the Midnight Club are, are the two for me in this race. Much, much harder for me in the Potumps. I think this is a very difficult race, and I've struggled slightly to, to develop to get my shortlist short, but if I have a, a minor interest in the race, Trenchant will be one. I think he's young. He seems to have been improved, but well, he is young. I think he's been improved by his blinkers. He goes on on all kinds of ground. He's got good enough form at Cheltenham, and although the Alan King Yard are in are in poor form, I think he's got a a chance of of running his race. This time, though, I do think that the favourite from the big yard is is very worthy indeed. And I mean, Alfie Sherin looks capable of improving well past his handicap mark, which is little more than a guess on on limited handicap form. He'll see out this trip very strongly, something that not all of these can say. And this is the kind of of race that makes Ruby Walsh look. He almost makes it look too easy and does himself a disservice, but I think he'll look like he's just sitting in an armchair as he brings this one swinging through. So I wouldn't put anyone off favourite backing in a big handicap at Cheltenham. If that's something you've got the bottle for, then this is one to do it with. And the next race is the Ryanair. This is something that Jack and I discussed in some detail, and he's very sweet on Barber's Shop who is, I wouldn't put anyone off, he's a good jumper, he's from the form yard, he's finally getting his trip, and is is one for the shortlist. The more I looked at this race, the more I was sweet on Tranquil Sea. He seems to to do very, very well at Cheltenham. He's Obviously he won the Paddy Power. He's a good horse. He's a horse with with a number of ones next to his name. And is genuinely Group 1 class. He's one I'd be very enthusiastic about backing, despite his recent run. The thing that puts me off, though, is Andrew McNamara. Now, I, ha- I hate the fact I'm, I'm moaning about jockeys. This isn't something I want to do. I don't want to be one of those punters who blames the jockeys for everything. So I'm going to say this in advance. I don't think he's a bad jockey. I do think he's a bad Cheltenham jockey. I think if you look at the horses he's had, many of them have had good chances, and those that have done poorly, he's made an awful lot of them. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him kick for home on Tranquil Sea and get nabbed because he goes too soon, particularly given there must be question marks about fitness, given how recently Tranquil Sea ran. So reluctantly, I've put a a line through Tranquil Sea, and to me, Planet of Sound is still the best of these in terms of value. He's from a form yard, he's got good course form, he'll like the ground, and he's on the up. Unlike several of these, he's still improving. The big question mark is his jumping, but if it holds up, 
I think he's going to be be tough to beat. Barbershop is the one I'd expect to do it if any of them do, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Planet of Sound running out the winner. A minor, a small bet for me, but a win bet on Planet of Sound would be my recommendation. Now the next race has an odds-on favourite, and we know what that means. He's going to lose. Well, I don't think so. I think this is the first time that I'd have confidence in a banker. Well, that's not quite true. I had some confidence in Masterminded, but it didn't seem to me to be sensible to be backing Masterminded, and I didn't play at all in the champion chase. I... I haven't decided whether I'll back big bucks. It goes against every every principle of my betting to back a horse, odds on. But if I was ever going to do it, it'd be big bucks. Because he's the best horse in training. He's got everything in, favor, in his favour. He's got the course form. And frankly, I don't know what's going to be sitting in behind him. And I'm not too concerned. I don't think any of them are anything like good enough. And to me, Big Bucks is surely going to be the first odds-on winner at this year's festival. So if you prepare to back a favourite at a short price, take the price you can get on Big Bucks. If you're not, don't bother. Just sit back and watch. I'm sure he'll make it look more difficult than it is, but he's an impressive horse and it's a pleasure to watch him do it. And then save your money for... The next races, except that the next race is the Burn Group, and I found this a very, very difficult race for an unexpected reason. Normally, I look at a handicap and I think there's five or ten here who are improving. The festival types, handicap types at the festival, they're generally young, uppish, and it's a question of how wrong the handicapper is. Well, this Burn Group plate. They're mostly exposed types, they're mostly off a fair mark, and I really struggle to find any that I liked at all. I mean, the likes of Guanaco and Old Vic and my Petra, who I've enjoyed in the past, I just don't see them doing it off the weights they've got. So, I've had another go through the form, and I've found a couple of very, very tentative picks who I think might just be better than their handicap mark, and who I think might just be classy enough to do this. One of them is made in Taipan, who has the best of his form is on spring ground in the UK. The fourth in the Arkle last year is very solid course course form, festival form. And although you'll see a four next to his name as his most recent run, that's a lot more impressive than it looks. It was on very heavy ground in the Newlands chase, which is a grade two, and he was only beaten five lengths, giving weight to Snowy Morning, Natal, Tranquil Sea. And if he can do that, he comes here with every chance to me. He's off a winnable mark, and don't rule him out. It's just a question of whether he's recovered from from that slog in the Newlands, which was on the 28th of February, not very long ago. The other one for my shortlist is Chapaturgeon. Now, he may well be high enough in the weights, but he's got, obviously, superb course form from last year's Juicen, which he won by a street 
and he shouldn't be discounted in what's a very weak race. I hope Timmy Murphy can ride this one better than he's ridden some of his so far this week. But don't rule him out if the handicapper hasn't completely got a grip on a young and hopefully still improving horse. Now, finally, we have the Kim Muir. This is another, another amateur's race, so do keep an eye on your jockeys. That's always the key for for these these races at the festival. And if I tell you that there's a horse ridden by Nina Carberry for Ferdy Murphy, that should be enough said. If I tell you that that horse can go well on as one on the course, goes well fresh, has got the ideal trip, then that really should be enough said. And Gallant Nui, for me, looks like the winner of this. If you want a second horse, an each-way horse, maybe one for the place pot, then I'd throw in Udici, who is... He's old, and he looks fairly exposed, but his markers dropped to 1-3-4, which is winnable, and he's generally done much, much better on fast ground than he has on the sort of ground he typically encounters in Ireland. And he's off a huge price, but he jumps well, and I wouldn't rule him out entirely. And at the 66s, you can get. Don't be afraid to back Udici, but for me, Gallant Nui is, is the one they've all got to beat. So that's it. That's tomorrow's six races. Don't be afraid to go back in, wade back in as, a, as if you're an odds on better, because big bucks must be the one to bug the trends and stick it to the bookies. And don't miss the juicing, because to me, the first race of the day is the best betting opportunity that we've got. So, Thursday's banker has to be big bucks. Thursday's big bet is King's Forest, who, for me, looks like a handicap good thing. And Thursday's outsider is made in Taipan, available at a very, very big price and one who I think could go very well. So those are my three. Do get in touch at edradonbrownie at gmail.com or through Twitter if you'd like to tell me about your fancies for the third day. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're surviving the festival. Keep your strength up, sleep well, and come back and bash the bookies tomorrow. Good luck and good night.